And a very good morning, behind-the-scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. Our frequent guest, good friend Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County, joining us via the telephone this morning. And our topic today is grazing management to increase pasture productivity. Uh, if pasture growth is anything uh, comparable to the rate at which lawns are growing, Rory, we should be off to a pretty good start First off, I wish you a very good morning. Thank you for taking the time and joining us here today. Uh, how does grazing management to re- relate, first off, to pasture productivity? Yeah, well, good morning, Ron. Uh, glad to be here. Um, well, on that question of pasture productivity, like any resource, uh, pastures do respond to management, and grazing does offer some economic benefits as compared to producing and feeding stored forage, uh, mainly because Livestock now are our harvesters. Uh, they're harvesting that forage directly with, uh, you know, no machinery cost. Now, those economic benefits are best realized when grazing follows the four R's to manage pastures. Now, we typically, of course, hear about four R's in relationship to water quality and fertilizer management, but pasture management actually has its own set of four R's, and those four R's stand for uh, the grazing principles of right beginning grazing height, Remove, reduce seed heads, residual leaf area, and rest period. Rory, the right beginning grazing height. Define what you mean by that first off, and and then also, if you would, why is that important? Yeah, well, the uh, beginning grazing height is simply that height at which livestock are actually turned into a pasture to begin grazing. And plant height is important because there's a positive correlation between pasture plant height pasture density, and then livestock intake. And we know that animal intake is directly correlated with animal performance. So uh, our goal is to make sure that grazing livestock get a full mouthful of forage with every bite they take. Uh, For example, cattle on average graze for eight hours a day, and in that time they average about 30,000 total bites. Now, if pasture growth is too short and they only get a partially full mouthful with every bite that they take, they actually don't make up for that by grazing more hours or taking more bites. Uh, they, they're pretty much set at that amount of grazing time and that many bites. So total forage intake is going to be lower than compared, uh, if they don't get that full mouthful, it'll be lower compared to a cow able to get a full mouthful in every one of her grazing bites. So in general, after uh, the spring growth, that's a little bit different, but after a spring growth flush, plan to start your grazing when your pastures have about 8 to 10 inches of growth. Rory, your second R grazing management principle was remove, reduce seed heads. Can you explain why this will increase pasture productivity? Yeah, and it really has to do with uh, basic grass physiology here. So uh, in the spring through early summer are cool season grass plants, and you can think things like uh, orchard grass, our fescues, Kentucky bluegrass, perennial ryegrass as some examples. They shift. Those grasses actually shift from vegetative to reproductive growth, and they produce seed heads. Uh, Now, when that happens, that grass plant is no longer going to be producing new vegetative uh, leafy tillers uh, that are so good for our grazing animals. Uh, That means that the nutritive quality of the plant is going to decrease uh, because now once that plant shifts again into that seed head production, it's putting all its energy into producing seeds rather than forage. So, therefore, if we can remove or reduce the seed head production by mowing or clipping or uh, The other technique would be provide a heavier stocking density and grazing pressure. That can return that plant then to vegetative growth. 
when we do this, we end up with more total forage as well as higher quality forage being produced in that vegetative stage. Our guest in studio joining us this morning uh, via the telephone, actually, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking about grazing management to increase pasture productivity. Uh, Rory, the next management R is residential, or I should say not residential, but residual leaf area. It sounds like, anyway, from what you're talking about, that you want to make sure livestock don't graze off too much of the plant. A, why does that matter? And then B, how do you keep livestock then from grazing too much of the plant? Right, Ron, those are um, yep, good points. So um, what the goal here is, is I want to make sure I'm managing grazing pressure so that there's still at least three to four inches of growth on that plant at the end of the grazing path. Uh, that's when I want to pull my livestock out of there. So to do that, I have to watch, I have to monitor, and then pull the livestock off the pasture before they eat that plant down too far. Overgrazing is really the bane of pasture productivity uh, because it demands then that the regrowth from that plant is going to have to come from carbohydrate reserves. Now, additionally, if we overgraze, uh, we can significantly reduce root mass and volume, and that further delays plant recovery after grazing. So residual leaf management, uh, really what it, it amounts to is, is keeping leaf on the plant, not letting it be overgrazed. It's an important grazing principle. It helps to maintain pasture health. And when we do that, we get quicker regrowth and more total forage production over the course of a grazing season. Now, in grazing schools, we sometimes uh, use this little saying of take half, leave half to illustrate this principle. And if we leave uh, that amount of leaf residual, at least half of it on the plant, it allows that plant to continue to produce carbohydrates through photosynthesis and results in more rapid plant recovery and regrowth. Uh, and by doing that, it doesn't have to draw down its plant root reserves. The final grazing management R then is rest period. So what does a rest period involve? And is a rest period constant over the growing season or something that's not constant? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And it's one that we commonly get, especially from uh, beginning uh, grazers or pasture management managers. So the rest period is the recovery time that allows that plant to grow back to that target beginning grazing height. So again, we take off half. Now we get the livestock out. We allow the pasture to grow back to that beginning grazing height. Now the length of time necessary for this to happen depends on weather conditions, uh, how that plant is, and how that plant has been managed in the past. Uh, beginning pasture managers, again, they're, they're often going to ask, well, you know, how many days are needed for a rest period, but it is not a constant number. So, in general, uh, rest periods between grazing passes can vary anywhere between 15 to 20 days in the spring when the, our pastures are growing quickly uh, to 30 or 40 days in the summer as we get warmer temperatures and drier conditions. And sometimes uh, those that regrowth uh, could be even slower. We, we see sometimes in more like drought conditions where it could be, uh, you know, 50, 55 days. So if conditions uh, turn hot and dry, that's when those longer periods are required. Now, when pastures are growing fast, the rest period and the grazing rotation needs to be fast. You're basically just taking the top part of that plant off. When pasture growth slows down, then you can slow your, your rotation period down and those rest periods become extended. Rory, up to this point, uh, our conversation has centered on the pasture plant, yet 
The purpose of pastures is to provide food and or nutrition for livestock. So where do livestock fit into the discussion of grazing management? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Ron. So uh, grazing management is really a systems approach. It involves that interaction between livestock and plants. Uh, so the four R's of grazing, it's really all about protecting the pasture plant, uh, you know, as, as we, you mentioned, we've talked about. So we want to protect the pasture plant and make sure it thrives. Now, interesting enough, uh, when pasture plants thrive, our grazing livestock are also going to benefit. So the bottom line here is if you take care of the pasture plants, uh, they end up taking care of your livestock. So that's kind of how that fits together. So from that perspective, uh, really livestock are used as a grazing tool. And the goal is to avoid the situation where that plant is overgrazed or where the plant is grazed too soon after a grazing pass. Uh, if we overgraze or graze too soon, uh, we get to this situation where plants, uh, they draw down or deplete that, those root reserves. That results in weak plants that struggle to regrow. Uh, those plants uh, can eventually end up disappearing from the pasture mix if that pasture continues. So when that happens, livestock performance when the pasture declines. So again, if we take care of the plants, uh, they, we end up taking care of our livestock. Rory, you've talked about removing livestock to maintain leaf area and then also to provide a rest or recovery period for plants. In practical terms, how do you go about accomplishing that? Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, another good point uh, because sometimes I'll, I'll get phone calls from people who have just you know one big pasture or maybe they've divided it in half and they want to know how they best manage it. And really, the only way to manage pastures and follow these four R's of, of grazing is through pasture divisions. Uh, and we typically talk about uh, the successful grazier or livestock manager in this case. You need at least eight to ten pasture paddocks or ways to divide those pastures up to have that flexibility to vary your rest periods anywhere from that you know 15 to 40 day period. So pasture productivity and grazing success is multiplied by dividing pasture grazing area. And more divisions are better than fewer. Uh, I have I know grazers and I've worked with grazers in the past who have had 20, 30, even up to 40 different pasture divisions, and I've never yet heard one of them say that they overdid it and thought they had too many divisions. Uh, just allows them to express their management abilities, pastures keep improving. So for many livestock operations, uh, my advice is uh, plant fence posts and uh, you're going to yield better returns than if you had gone out and tried to plant forage seeds. Rory, as we wrap up this morning's program, are there any other benefits to dividing pastures up? Yeah, there are a couple of other ones for sure. Uh, more pasture divisions do does allow the livestock managers to put more head in a smaller area. Uh, so effectively what this is doing is increasing stocking density. Uh, we know uh, with animal behavior that when stocking density increases, animal selectivity decreases, so you get a more uniform grazing uh, mix in that pasture, so you don't have those clumps of maybe some undesirable species. It's much more uniform. And additionally, uh, manure distribution and thus nutrient recycling is more uniform as pasture divisions become smaller and that stocking density increases. Finally, Rory, um, some good stuff today, as always, from you. Where can someone get more information about what we've talked about this morning? Yeah, they can contact the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. And again, uh, these broadcasts are available as podcasts, courtesy of WQKT Radio.
Once again, our guest on the phone this morning, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County. Quick break. We'll come back with more right after this.